0: We're just going to take our time in the Word. And uh, God has something that He just wants to encourage you on uh, this morning. All right? So let's just go to Him in prayer. Holy Spirit, we welcome You. Holy Spirit, we welcome You. Holy Spirit, You have saturated this place for such a time as this.
1: You have prepared this place for Your daughters to come to feed at your banquet table of truth. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. I am your vessel, Lord. Speak clearly through me with understanding
0: and with your anointing. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right. Ladies, as you received a piece of paper, um, as you received this wonderful pink piece of paper, um, what I'd like for you to do is, I want you to, I want you to stand, because I want you to have your, your full energy. <clears throat> and I want you to speak it. I want you to speak with authority. Okay. And so some of you, you, um, you might have not never, not that's not a word. <laughs> Maybe you have not ever um, <laughs> said these truths over you. Or maybe you've had a lot of just by you getting up this morning. You might have had somebody say something negative to you this morning. But whenever we begin to speak the word of God over our lives, the word of God cannot be broken, the word of God cannot be changed. The Word of God is life, and it is power, and it establishes us, and it molds us and shapes us with who God has called and created us to be. The Word of God cannot be removed. It is what it is, and it stands for what it stands for. Hallelujah. Okay. And so, as we go into the Word, we're going to say some words, and, and you'll, you'll notice every word from, that we're going to say, there's going to be some words up on the screen, but we're just going to say them, and we're going to speak them over ourselves. And this just isn't words that we just came up with, but this is words that line up with the Word of God, so it's truth and it's life that He wants to impart into your spirit, okay? So, who does God say you are? I want you to look up here at the screen, who, and I want you to just shout it and mean it with all of your heart, or you can whisper it. It's whatever you're feeling comfortable. I'm a shouter. I'm trying to be a whisperer, but that's not who I am. I'm sorry. I'm telling you, I try. You know, the lady. Whenever we're walking at the office, and then you can test. They know when I'm walking at the office because I'm hard. Here we go. I'm on a mission. I'm just not a tippy tower, okay? That's not how God made me. And that's okay, okay? So come on, let's go. So I want you to say loved. Loved. Belong. Chosen. chosen. Forgiven, forgiven. Accepted. accepted. Smart, smart. Important. important. Treasured. treasured. Winner, winner. Masterpiece. Masterpiece. Belong. belong Beautiful, Beautiful. not forgotten, not Not a failure, not a mistake, mistake. His his queen. All right, all right, you can have a seat. You can have a seat as you just declared the truth over yourself. That life was just imparted in to you. do you notice that whenever we begin to speak and declare the truths of the Word of God, the atmosphere begins to change? That's right, okay? Because when we hear, when we believe, when we receive, receive and when we speak the truth of God's Word over ourselves, darkness can never stay where there is light. Amen? Amen? And so that's why I just want to kind of set this up. Uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, the, the journey of Esther. So the title of this message is called For Such a Time as This. Okay. And so Esther is a very rich and it is a very deep, deep book. But we're just going <clears> to. <throat> phone and then turn it off great timing. Yay. Okay. And so we're just going to God's grace do our very, very best just to take the nuggets that God wants to just convey today. Okay. And so what I would like to do is I want to brag on who God is. Okay. Let's brag on who he is on his word. Okay. Because this is what it says about his word. It says Hebrews four, 12 through 13 for the word of God is full of living power. Revelations one eight, he says I am the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end says the Lord I am the one who is who was and who still is to come the Lord God Almighty You and I do not have to know everything to figure everything out He is who he says he is and we can trust and surrender our life in his hands Amen All right, In third John one through four. It says I have no greater joy than this To hear that my children are walking in the truth. You can even, that my daughters are walking in the truth. Why? Is because for our, our spirit, our souls and our minds to be full with, I'm accepted, I'm belong, I'm chosen. We have to receive the truth of God's word in us. You will never know who your identity is until you know who God is. Because he's the one that said who you are. Amen. All right, Psalm 138, 2. I love this. It says in, in New King James, it says, I will, wor- I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your and your truth and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. And why has he magnified his word? Because how many of you know some women, when you hear their names, there's a response. Whew! Mm-mm. Or don't even go there. <laughs> because their name has courted a trail of their character. But when we hear God's word, he said, honey, my word is solid. Jeremiah says he's watching over his word to perform it. So that whenever we call, you're not going to call on his name until you know what his word says who he is. Amen? Amen. And we have the confidence, the reason why we're able to call in and talk to him because his word, the life and the power and the truth that is in the word of God assures us of who he is. Assures us that he is Jehovah Jireh. Assures us that he is their love because his word said it and his word cannot be changed. Amen? So I encourage you to take your pink piece of paper and post it. Say that three times without a cough. Take that pink piece of paper. I'm spitting everywhere. I think there's a fly, but I was like, oh no, that's my spit. And so I encourage you to take the truths of these words because there's a scripture with it. There's a scripture with it and speak it over yourself. Speak it over your children. Speak it over your family. Speak it over your coworkers. Speak it over your neighbors. Speak it over your enemies. Amen. And you allow the word of God to establish you and create a new foundation of in your situation and circumstances. Amen? All right. let's move on. OK. First Peter 1:25 it says, "But the word of the Lord stands forever." See, there's a strength and there's a power. I don't have to be strong. His word stands forever and it will do. That tells me his word is dependable. His word, if it stands forever, his word is going to be there in every situation and in every season. His word, even though my life will change, his word will stand forever. And I can depend upon him. I can trust him. I can be vulnerable in his presence. Because his word declares who he is. Amen? Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, I'd like for you to turn in your Bible to Exodus. <clears throat> Exodus. No, not Exodus, sorry. Esther. Esther 4, 12 through 16. And uh, then we're going to read Esther, a part of Esther 4 and a part of Esther 5. That's going to be our text for today. But I want to set something up for you, um, uh, is Esther, we see in the Word of God, in 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, through 17, it says all. Look to somebody next to you, say all. all. I'm going to continue. All Scripture is inspired by God. Another version says uh, all Scripture is God-breathed. Okay? And so everything that is in here, there is no other book that is like this on the earth. It comes directly from the heart of God. He, he instructed people to write it down, but he's the one and only author of the book. So from, Reve- from Genesis to Revelations, everything in here is absolutely true, 100%. Everything in here, if you hear it, if you read it, if you follow it, your life will not fail because he cannot fail you. It's his word. Amen? And so um, in the text that we're going to read today, I want to set something up. In the book of Esther, you're not going to hear or see the name God mentioned, okay? But Esther is, um, the book of Esther is written as a type or an allegory, meaning it's a picture to represent someone or something or an event. The story is symbolic to understand a greater truth. Like, for example, <clears throat> if you read in Exodus Excuse me. And it talks about, it describes the Passover and how they put the blood at the doorpost, you know, to where the enemy could not come. Well, that is symbolic, um, of, of Jesus Christ. Okay. And how he uh, shed his blood. And by him shedding his blood, he removed uh, the sting of death and destruction over us. You know, even though you don't see it, talk about Jesus in that part of the Passover, it is a symbolic picture in the Old Testament of what Jesus has done and fulfilled in the New Testament. Okay? <clears throat> and so, in Esther, some of the characters that, um, excuse me, that you hear, uh, the king is representing Jesus. Jesus. The king is representing Jesus. And Esther is representing the church. But the church who has surrendered their will. It has been restored. Okay? And then Vashti, she represents the rebellious spirit. And then Mordecai represents the Holy Spirit. And then Haman represents the evil, the devil, the enemy. Okay? And so let's begin. And... um. And, you know, and I'll just encourage you in this is that this is the shortest message has ever come about. And I'm telling you, I was telling ladies, like, man, this is literally the third draft. I've literally wrote two other messages from this particular, from this. And the Lord kept on telling me, as he says, you have to make it easy for the ladies to come to the banquet table. And I was like, but Lord, the word is so big and so massive. He says, yeah, but my spirit's going to take care of the rest. So God's going to, you know, I just encourage you as you just position yourself. God's going to speak to you as you come to his banquet tables of truth, as you come to his banquet tables of promises and provisions. Okay, so uh, let me set this up for you. Uh, the beginning of Esther uh, 1 and 2, uh, you have uh, King um, whether Xerxes or Asheras, however you want to pronounce it. But, um, <clears throat> king and all the, king in the land has a, has a huge, um, has a huge, uh, empire. And, uh, and so he is having a, uh, seven day feast and celebration. Um, gathered everybody there, just showed as well, showed his grandeur. And the, and the queen at the time is Vashti. And so, uh, at this point is that whenever the king would summon or call you to come into his court, you better come, okay? And, um, and so Vashti, uh, she decided, no, I'm not going. And the scripture literally says that Vashti refused to go to the king, And so what happened is that because she refused, all the counselors came together and they said, listen, man, we can't have this rebellion going on because it's going to spread. It's going to affect how wives uh, respond to what's basically going to happen is rebellion affects how you respond to authority, okay? And so the king says, we can't have that because there's only one king. Isn't that interesting? There's only one God. And when Satan tried to say, you know what? Why don't you come and worship me a little bit? Why don't you come and praise me? No, there was pride and rebellion. And he said, "Uh uh-uh, and cast him down. God desires great and mighty things for us, but there is only one God. And he lives inside of us, but we have to surrender. We have to surrender, okay? And not put him on like a to-do list. No, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he deserves all the honor and all the praise. Without him, we are nothing. Okay? And so Vashti, you know, uh, because she refused, uh, she ended up being removed. And so the counselors of the king says, okay, we have a game plan. And again, I'm paraphrasing for the sake of time, so I really encourage you to read the word. But the, king, the, the counselors came to the king and says, okay, we have a game plan. Why don't you gather... All the young virgins in the land, and then you can choose a new bride. So the king liked it. It's like, okay. And so that's exactly what they did. They gathered all the young, and the Bible says all the young virgins in the land. You know what? The word of God compares the church. He compares it to his bride. And he desires great and mighty things for us. But the only one that can make us great and mighty and can, and can take our spots of pride, that can take our spots and taintedness is that we're never in his presence and we surrender to his will. He's a faithful God that way. Okay? And so they gather all the, all the ladies. And so, um, and so as they gathering the ladies, there is a year process of preparation. A year. Six months of oil, six months of perfume, six months, a year. And so, but as Esther is a part of that, Esther came, Esther comes from a background. She is Jewish. And so around uh, 470 BC, the Babylonians had come and uh they uh they uh, had war against the israelites and so they left them in exile and so then after the babylonians came here comes the persians they come and so the jews are going from place to place and they're um they're uh deemed as a lesser um as le- as lesser people and so because esther has esther's parents had deceased and her cousin uh, took her in and began to raise her as his own, he said, listen, you don't tell nobody where you come from. And so, but the Bible does not describe Esther's resistance, Esther's attitude. She's just, she's just going along, okay? And so uh, as she's going along, um, and, I'll, and I'll, again, I'm setting this up. There is a man who is second in command, Um And his name is Haman, and he despises the Jews. He would be considered as Hitler in those days against the Jews. And so um, Haman was extremely prideful, and he loved for people to worship him. And so he'd parade in the towns and in the cities, but Mordecai would never bow to him. And that just infuriated him even more. And because Mordecai would never bow to him, he said, no problem. You won't bow to me. I'll kill your whole nation. It's like, okay, okay. And so and so as this time though, the word says that as, uh, as, the, as Esther was preparing, she had tremendous favor. Here you are for a whole year and you're around all these women and you're being perfumed and you're being, you know, groomed. And the process was is that as you went into the chamber of the king, if he liked you, then he would choose you. Well, the Word of God says that as it was time for Esther to go in front of of the king, he said basically he adored her. He loved her. And he chose her. And he chose her. And so now we have in the story where Esther is queen. And in this story, um, Mordecai just found out that Haman has declared that he is going to kill all the Jews. And he is he is uh, extremely upset, and he is mourning. And the Bible says that that in those days, whenever they were in in tremendous grief and in heaviness and mourning, they would they would put ashes upon them, and it was a sign that they're just they're way down and they're heavy and they're in grief. And so it came to Esther's attention, and so she's sending her servants over there to find out what's going on. And so in, in Esther four twelve, this is the response. Um, from everything I just set up. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer, okay? Because Esther was like, what, what, what do you want me to do? I've sent you clothes. You know, you know. why are you mourning? What's going on? And so um, uh, this is Mordecai's response back to Esther. Do not think that because you are the, in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance of the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to the royal position for such
1: a time as this. For such a time as this. You know, as I was talking to the Lord, for such a time as this is a very... It can be in every
0: season of our life. You could be right now in a situation and for such a time as this moment. But in every situation and everything that we go through, the word of God is there for such a time as this. His word carries us. His spirit lives within us for such a time as this. Whether it's right here, whether it's when you leave here, because God is not constrained by time. He always was and He always will be. And so even we are constrained by time. We are constrained by circumstances. You know, things that are, you know, just, just out of our control that they can affect us. But they don't affect who God is and His promises. Okay? And so, um, as Esther is queen, And Mordecai is coming to her and he says, you have got to do something or we are going to die. And it's like, what
1: What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And he's telling her, for such a time as this, Esther, it is not by accident that you are here. It is not by accident that you are in this position. You're a Jew. It is not by accident that you are here. You're a Cajun. You're an Italian.
0: You're from Abbeville. You're from Lafayette. You're from Canton. Wherever you're from. But where you're from does not determine who you are. And it does not determine the position that you have in the royal house. Okay? And so Esther, and this is what I want us to look at, is Esther's
1: response and approach and how we can glean from this astra said okay give me three days three days there's something important about three days because something happened in us in three days follow with me your royal position came in three days he was dead but he is alive in the third day And so, what did she do? She didn't run. She didn't hide. She didn't blame. She didn't argue.
0: She didn't say, okay, hold on, I'm going to come up with a three-point plan and we're going to fix this. When God begins to call you and position you, it's always going to be bigger than you. Because God wants to show everybody, not just in one person, but He wants to show the world and the nation who His Word says
1: He is. Amen? And so, what does she do? She goes and she gets on her knees before the Lord. She's willing to surrender. She's willing to be vulnerable. She's willing to be transparent. See, Esther knew the law.
0: And she knew that if you're not summoned, then it could mean (coughs) death if you come into the king's court. Okay? And so, but the Bible says that when she woke up, The next morning, she put on her royal robe. See, Esther had to know who she is for her to walk in the authority that God has given her. And our royal robe, he's given us a robe of righteousness. Not for who we are, but for who he is and who he says we are. And many times, when you're going through conflict, when you're going through situations that are that are out of your control, that are bigger than you, God wants you to rise up and say, "Okay, daughter." But before you can rise up, you've got to get on your knees and you've got to surrender your agenda. You got to surrender your three-point plan. You got to surrender. Stop looking at your calendar, saying, "How am I going to do this? How am I going to figure this out in my schedule?" I'm a busy person. I have things to do. He says, "It's not about you. It's about me on the inside of you, and you need to surrender. You need to surrender." Don't miss out on what God wants to do for such a time as this. And as Esther surrendered, she got up the next morning and she put on her royal robe. But watch her attitude. The word of God says, and I'm just going to paraphrase it because it's too much in me. Now You can just go by God's grace and you can just read it. But the word of God says that as, as Esther <clears throat> entered into the court, the king saw her <clears throat> from a distance. But I do want to read. I do want to read this. The king saw her from a distance in Exodus 5. And it says, and the king asked her, what do you want, Queen Esther? What is your request? I will give it to you. Even if it is half of the kingdom, Esther said, if it pleases the king. Multiple times the king had the same response. What can I do for you? What is your request? The king was accessible. What is your request? He's listening intently to what you say.
1: What can I give you even if it's half the kingdom? The kingdom, Persian kingdom, was massive. Was massive. The wealth and the grandeur was massive.
0: But that language repeated. So Esther said, Hey, I want to, I want to throw a banquet. See, Esther's business was always about the king. Esther's mindset was always thinking about the kingdom. Okay? And so, and so as the story goes, she uh, threw a banquet and she was always honoring and she was always serving. And then uh, she threw another banquet and invited Haman. And then that's when, at that banquet is whenever the king again said the same thing in Exodus 7 what can i do for you what is your request honey i'm here what is it and now she began to say i want i want to i want you to i want to read How she was, this is the second banquet at this time. And the king said on the second day, also as, as, as they were at the banquet, what is your position, queen? What is your petition? What is your request, queen Esther? It shall be granted to you. What is your request? Even to half the kingdom, it shall be done. Then queen Esther replied, if I found favor in the sight of king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given as my petition and my people's request. And so the queen replied, if your majesty is pleased with me, And wants to grant me my request and my petition in my life, and the lives of my people be spared. For the people, for the people, and I have been quiet. For that we have been made have been been a matter to uh, uh, trivial to warrant disturbing the. Okay, I can't even read. I can't see this right here. But anyway, let me paraphrase it. Basically, she was saying, "Listen." We've experienced tribulation
1: before, you know, and if we need to be a slave, then we'll be a slave. But just please don't kill us. Her mindset was so focused on honoring him that even the queen was willing. If we need to be a slave, because we've done it before. My people did it 400 years.
0: And this is his response. His as he is saying that someone is trying to kill her and to kill her nation. And the king was so disturbed and he abrupt uh and he uh uh abrupted uh, uh, with who would
1: dare touch you? Who would dare come against you? In her gentle voice, non manipulative, non threatening. There he is, Haman, the enemy. And then the party was on. The king used his authority. And he used the,
0: the gallows that were set to kill Mordecai. The king, uh, um, Haman, was hung on. He took all the authority and the power away from Haman and he gave it to Mordecai. Even all the wealth and the riches that, that Haman had, he then turned them over to Esther. Okay? and so there's a couple of things that i want us to look at how to live in such a time
1: as this as you have the picture of esther
0: one <clears throat> be focused on what is true be focused on what is true even though esther came even though she had uh, she had came from from exile and she had seen a tremendous amount of just her her Uh, Her her nation being looked down upon and, and the death of her parents. You know, you know, who am I to do anything great and mighty for God? But she focused on what was true. Not who am I, but who is he who has positioned me for such a time as this? What your focus is will determine the shape of your perspective. Philippians 4, 8, 8 says, Dear brothers and sisters, let me say one more thing as I as I close this letter. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and loving and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You know, as women, have you ever had somebody tell you, would you just stop thinking? You know, I don't know what it is that God and how God is wired us, but our minds can just go 90 to nothing. You know, I mean, hey, man, we can sit and drive in a car and correct the kids, eat cereal, put on our makeup and still get to our destination. <laughs> you know, it's just how God its how God its how God wired us. And so as I was preparing for this message, I had gone to the library and been to the library, knew the layout, knew where the bathrooms were. And so I had to go potty, you know, but my mind was focused on other things you know and so I just started going I see the restroom let me go in there and as I walk into the restroom I'm looking around again this this train of thought is literally happening in seconds and as I go to the bathroom I'm thinking now when on earth did they put urinals in the women's bathroom (laughs) this was my thought this was seconds because I was right I had to potty and then the next, the next train of thought is, when would women ever do urinals? <laughs> Honey, we sit, we don't stand. And they're so impersonal. We have an issue with the crack that's inside of the urinals. That'll, that'll that's that's ten minutes of conversation right there. You know. And we can get, we can get uh, focused, but what I'm saying is, is that sometimes the smallest things can just get us focused, get our, get our, get our minds uh, uh, off course and off track because let me tell you the thoughts that you think take a tremendous amount of energy from your body and a tremendous amount of time. And God could be wanting to move and guide and direct you and position you for divine moments for such a time as this. And all you're focusing on is I've got to pee, <laughs> you know, and he's like, listen, I want you to focus on what is true. Focus on my words, fix your thoughts on what is true, fix your thoughts on who, on who I say you are, who I say you are. Yeah. If you're a teacher, go with it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> God has given us his word to establish us, to establish us and to give us a renewed vision, a renewed purpose for your life. Don't allow the influence of the world and culture and people to dictate to you who you are or what you are. Esther didn't. That's why she was able to seize for such a time as this. Esther didn't lose her mind when the unexpected came into her life even when she had no control. She was taken from her home, put in a palace, a year process of grooming, being a potential bride, but because God's word was established in her. Here's another thing. She did not look to Vashti for counsel. She's already done it. Seems to be pretty good. Who am I? No. When you focus on the truth, God is not only going to lead and guide you, but he's going to expose the vast ties that are out there so that you won't be connected to them to detour you for such a time as this. Because as we, as Miss Cassie said, we desire connection. We desire to be close. But are you, Are you? because you're not focused on the truth and, and the God speaking to you by his spirit through the truth, the very thing that you're admiring could be rebellion. And then you're wondering, man, why is is God not doing things in my life? Why are things not doing... Because you're allowing a spirit of rebellion to be established in you. And God has said, no, there is one king and it is me. Okay? All right. Romans 12, 2, it says, do not copy the customs and behaviors of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know. You will know what God wants you to do and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect His will is. Isaiah 26, 3-4 through He will keep you in perfect peace, all who trust in you, whose thoughts are fixed on you. So let's look at how to live in such a time as this. Very simple one. Be focused on what is true. Be focused on what is true. And you know, ladies, that's within our grasp. God has given us a brain and the ability to focus on what is true. See, many times we're like, okay, Lord, you know, with the, with the, the heaviness of our schedule and of life, we'll want to put God, well, I, I, can't, I can't go to him because he's such a gray, uh, a gray and, and, a, and a mighty guy. Honey, just focus on what is true. Because the enemy will want to get your focus
1: with inadequacy. The enemy will want to get your focus with rejection as if you're never worthy. Number two, allow God to be Lord of your life. Allow God to be Lord of your life. Esther spent a year
0: being groomed with oils and perfumes. You know, there's something about oils and perfumes. You ever walked into a department store? You didn't have it on you, but when you walked into that store, you smelled exactly like the atmosphere that you were around. Esther was saturated with oils and perfumes to change the very essence of her body chemistry, and was taught in the ways like the king, and what he likes. And she was surrounded by other women, aiming for the same thing. But watch out for control and and comparison. It is not your friend, but your foe. So what do you mean? What what are some applications of allowing God to be Lord in my life? God knows what he is doing. Do not resent the time that he is taking to work in your life in every season of new changes and new challenges even if you want it to go faster. Some of you might need to be saturated in the oil and the truth of His Word to change your body chemistry. You say, what do you mean to change me? He loves me as I am. There might be some character issues going on inside
1: of you. And He might be lining you up for something bigger than you.
0: So do not resist the time. Number two, how do we allow God to be Lord of our life? God is for you, not against you. He is your biggest supporter. So do not resist the process of preparation and training in your life. If it's not looking like you want it to do, going in the direction that you think it should going, my sisters, my daughters, don't pack up or take control to come up with a better plan or you could miss for such a time as this. Second Timothy 3, 16-17 says, All Scripture is inspired by God, but here's the next part, and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. It is God's way of preparing us in every way fully equipped. For every good thing God wants us to do. See, when Esther was chosen to be queen, she didn't run, she didn't argue, she didn't debate, she didn't complain. Because in that prepared season, what was she preparing herself with? To know the heart of the king. To understand who he is. To understand his likes. She was being saturated she was being saturated in perfume, so that as she approached in her words and in her actions, they gave honor to His name and to His kingdom. And many times we might want to want to be, you know, in the court, but God is saying, "Honey, let me saturate you, because is it you that you want everybody to see, or is it me through you that you want everybody to see?" Because at the end of the day, ladies, all that is eternal is His name and His glory and His honor and His praise and His power forever and ever. Amen. His plans are perfect. His ways are perfect and holy. Just saturate yourself in His Word. Here's another part. Saturate and listen to me carefully. God places divine people in our lives who know the King longer than we have. And whatever the eunuch's name is, I think it was Haggai, he knew the king longer than Esther had. And she must make sure that she listened to everything that he said. And God gave favor. Let me tell you something. As God gave favor, he, he he positioned her closer and closer and closer. She had her own little spot amongst the ladies. She had more stuff given to her. God might might be wanting to place a Haggai in your life, but are you willing to listen and to be teachable?
1: Just as Paul had a Timothy. Just as Tanya has a Cassie. God wants to use us to the fullest. But we have to allow him to be Lord of our life. Because if he is not Lord on the throne of our heart, then who are we going to praise and honor with our life? Do not resist the time and the season of preparation. And do not resist the process. God loves you and he adores you. And he wants you to succeed more than anybody. But it's going to be in his way and his plan. And in his timing, Jeremiah
0: 29, 11 on the message version, it says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out, plans to take care of you, not to abandon you, plans to give you the future, your hope for when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen to you. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. And yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, that's when you know he's Lord. God, I want your will more than anything else.
1: Even if it's my life. I want your will more than anything else. And the word says, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. That's a good word right there. That's a good word. See, when Mordecai came to Esther, in that moment, was, a, was very important of an exchange, their conversation.
0: She could immediately, instead of her putting on the robe of royalty, she could immediately put on the, ro- the robe of man, for lack of a better word. And that is she could have allowed, because of the, the decree that was out to kill her and to kill her people, she could immediately allow heartbreak, frustration, disappointment to come over her if she would have stepped in the position, what am I going to do and how am I going to fix it? And many times whenever we step into a position of, of I have to fix this, I have to do this, it's on me, I'm here, he's positioned me. As a mom, my child's going crazy, I have to fix this. My, my boss isn't doing something. I have to do this. And God has said, no, you don't. I want you to step out of the way because if you do step in that position, a heaviness is going to come upon you. You're going to be putting on the ashes of Mordecai for yourself. And God has said, I do not want you to walk in mourning, but I want you to walk in joy and victory because the battle is not yours. It is mine. And so Esther was able to look up as Miss Dunn. She was able to move forward because she did not allow a spirit of heaviness to come and weigh upon her as if she's got to have the answers, as if she's got to come up with the game plan, as if she's got to come up with the solution. And many times in our roles, in our responsibilities, if we're cooking dinner, we're going to work, we're bringing them to dancing, we're bringing them to soccer, we're being the coach, we're being the mom, It immediately we can automatically confuse roles and responsibilities. Your role is to be a daughter. His role is to be the master. And it will release us of a heaviness of mourning and being in the state to where you beat
1: your spirit and your soul become weary and exhausted. But take up what Esther did. She did not bow her heart to any
0: philosophy. She did not bow her heart to any humanistic way of Christianity. We as, we as believers and as Christians, we need to know God is a supernatural mighty God. And there are things that in our natural world that we cannot do, but he can. And we can have him in our lives, in our situations, in our circumstances, but we do not need to project our limited capacity of handling conflict upon God. Because he is almighty and all-knowing. And it's not a challenge for him. It's not difficult for him. He's not caught off guard when trauma and tragedy come our way. He says, I got it. Why? Because his word says he has. And he wants us to receive his word and grab a hold of his word. So that when the unexpected comes, we do not take upon a spirit of heaviness to try to figure it out. We can be established and stand. No matter the situation and the circumstances. See, in 2 Corinthians, in the message version 10, verses 5, it says, we use our powerful God, we use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God's word, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure and life Shaped by Christ. If your situation and your circumstances, not to, not to just be simplistic, but, but this is the truth. Go to the word of God. What does his word say? Allow it to perfume and to spread like oil all over you. And you will still stand. Because there's power and there's life in his word. Okay? So number one, how do we live such a time as this? Is to be focused on what is true. Number two is allow God to be the Lord of your life. And here's the thing. When Esther went into the king, she was able to honor him because she had made God Lord of her life. You and I cannot honor God if he is not Lord of our life. We cannot honor how we speak to him. We cannot honor how we speak about him. He says, well, of course I'm going to honor God and how I speak to him. What about the haggy eyes that he's placed in your life? What about the teachers and the pastors? How are you going to speak to them? Well, they're not God. Oh, but honey, they have an assignment. They have assignment to help train you, to help prepare you
1: for such a time as this. If you're going to surrender,
0: even surrender by honoring and respecting not only God, but the very one that God has placed inside, God has placed in your life for the training and the preparation. Okay? Number
1: three, it's the last point, shortest message ever. Be available to serve Him. Be available. To serve him,
0: you know, normally in a church service, you always hear turn your cell phone off, turn your cell phone off, turn your cell phone off. And this is the the still the same truth. But, ladies, what I want you to do right now is I want you to get now get it, get take it out of your purse. I want you to hold it for a moment. Don't look at it if you have a text, don't press it so that your mind don't get focused off. You know, if somebody texts you, we're out of Cheerios, pick them up on your way home. <laughs> okay? But this little gadget, we have literally been trained that when this sucker rings, we answer it. Sometimes, and, and if you'll ever notice, people bring their cell phones everywhere with them. You know, it's like they bring their cell phones in the bathroom with them. Really? You know? and and you know come on be honest you know you've answered that cell phone when you're in the bathroom <laughs> okay but you know something or something about this cell phone is that you can
1: look and see who's calling you you can look to see if you want to answer that call if you're available God has called us all. And he's singing, and he's ringing, and he's saying, Hey, come
0: and serve me. I want to use you to do great and mighty things for
1: such a time as this. We can look at it and say, I don't have time right now. I got other things to do. See, his call is one that not only do you not want to miss, you and I cannot afford to miss. Because God used Esther to save a nation from genocide. And He's calling you because He is the hope of the world. And He uses the church as His messengers, as His ambassadors, the calling
0: to go. We live in a dark, a lost, a lonely and a hope, and a a hurting world, and they need Jesus. And He is calling you. He's saying, hey, hey, I need you to show my love to people. Hey, I I need you to serve me. He's like, "I, I don't have time right now. God, I'm doing things. Don't avoid the call. Don't miss the call.
1: Be available to serve Him when He calls. Because this is very important. Many times when he might be calling, your words can automatically meet.
0: Your words, if someone begins, if if he's stirring on you, if someone asks you to do something, immediately your response can be, I can't do any more than I'm already doing. If that is a response... It can be an indicator you are relying on your skill, your gifting, your knowledge to carry out the call. And you can get caught in the trap of performance, independence, heaviness. Depression can weigh on your life because all you want to because you are depending and relying upon yourself. And only what you're at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you at the end of the day you're going to say is I'm done. I'm done. I can't put another thing on my plate. I've, I've had it. I've it. I'm, it's over with. But ladies, when we allow that to be our perspective, it's, it's an indicator that something is operating on the inside of us. Are we having an independent spirit from God's spirit being used in, in our life? Apart from Him, we can do nothing. You and I cannot be the best versions of ourselves apart from God. I'm going to say it again. You cannot be the best version of yourself apart from God. John 15, 5 says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Luke 18, 27, it says, he said, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. The scepter was extended to her. Because she focused on what was true. She honored God. She honored the king. She she identified it's his kingdom. How can I serve him? Ladies, you and I need to have and take upon this truth in our life. It's his kingdom. In Matthew 6, 9 through 10, it says, Lord, our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's his kingdom. It's his plan. We just have the honor of being used by him, but we have to be available to answer the call and not become so distracted by the busyness, by our agenda. You need to trust God's word. When he calls you to do something, he knows what he's doing. He's not there to set you up for failure, but for success his thoughts are, are are and his uh love is for you is so grand don't take a mighty and a holy god and and project your uh um perception Of how maybe other people in authority have hurt you or have disappointed you. He is a holy God. He cannot fail you. He cannot disappoint you. He cannot leave you. He cannot forsake you. If there's anything the word of God says about his character, he is faithful. You can trust him. You can depend upon him. He knows when things will get too heavy. That's why he says, depend upon me. Come to me when all who are weary, I will give you rest. He knows that we're human, but we have to be available to answer the call because the world needs Jesus, and he is the hope, and he wants to use you and I to be his ambassadors for such a time as this. Romans 16, 25 through 26, it says, God is able to make you strong. Ephesians 3:20 it says, "Now glory be to God by His mighty power at work within us. He is able to accomplish infinitely more than we can ever dare ask, hope or think." Ephesians 3:11 through12, it says, we can, na- we can now come fearlessly into God's presence, assured of His glad welcome. He says, Come to me." come to me when esther came and the the scepter was extended to us he is saying to us as his, as 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 the body of christ as a church he's saying listen it's not by your might it's not by your power but it's by my spirit living on the inside of you and that thing that seems to be so challenging and that seems to be so difficult i am with you and you are not alone i need you to be available i need you to be
1: available So let's focus, let's focus on some truths of the word
0: of God that he is able. This is what his word says. He is able. When the children of Israel called on God, he was able to deliver them 400 years out of slavery. When David called on God, he was able to bring down the giant. When Esther called on God, he was able to save a nation. When Daniel called on God, he was able to shut the mouth of the lion's den. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego called on God, he was able to save them from the burning, fiery pit. When a boy had five loaves and two fish, Jesus was able to multiply and feed the 5,000. When the woman who, woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years touched the clothes of his garment, he was able to instantly hear her, heal her. When Jairus' daughter was dead, Jesus took the girl by the hand and he was able to bring her back to life. When the two blind men called out to Jesus and he asked them, Who do you say that I am? Do you believe in me? And they said, God, you are able, and shouted with a loud voice, and instantly they could see. Because of mankind's sin, and we could not save ourselves, God sent his son down on the heaven in the form of human man. He went on the cross, shed his blood, and he was able to raise from the grave three days later and by his spirit living on the inside of you, you are able because Jesus Christ is on the inside of you and has called and created you for such a time as this. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus Christ is the same day yesterday, today and forever. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of you. When the enemy wants to raise up a standard against you, when the enemy wants to raise up a standard and remind you of your family history, remind you of where you came from, remind you of the lack in your life, you need to remember my God is able. And the king has called me his queen. He has extended his scepter to me. He has given me authority on most high to be his hope to the world in the name of Jesus. Ladies, if he is able, he is able, you can break the expectations of performance. You can break the chains of heaviness because he is able He is able. And so when He calls you, when He calls you, just say yes, Lord. Just say yes, Lord. I'll be available. He will equip you to do the work that He's called you to do. He will prepare you. He will empower you by His Spirit because he's able with your hands raised I just want you to focus right now for a moment and we're going to be led in a quick song
1: God I exalt thee
0: and just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you if you have been carrying a heaviness of inadequacy a heaviness of inferiority a heaviness of trying to figure out and affix everything in your schedule and your agenda and run the household release that to God so that he will remove the heaviness and mourning off of your life that's blinding your eyes of he the one who is able but so that you can see and experience and take joy in his calling. So right now I want you to just take a moment and I want you to praise him. Praise him. Praise him. He's able. He's able to do the very work that he's called you to do. He's able to continue the great, very work that he's called you to do. I thee. Come on, sing of his praises. off of your daughters right now thank you Jesus Father. flood them with your spirit refresh them with your spirit fill them with your spirit as you call them as you train them that you are able come on just tell me God I thank you that you are able God I thank you that you love me that you pulled me out of darkness you pulled me into light and you called me your very own and by your word and by your spirit I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me I am the head and not the tail I am more than a conqueror Receive your truth and we praise you. Father, we break all barriers of wrong thinking of lies. And Father, we receive your truth into our minds right now. And God, we receive the mantle that you want to place on us for such a time as this. To serve you and to call, to be called by you. To go and do what you would have us to do. Lord, by your grace, may your strength rest. Rest upon us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's praise His name.